You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. This movie review also comes for subscribers at Time Lord level or above an uncut, unedited, longer video version of the review. Become a subscriber and check it out. I think we just need to get this, you know, first thing. This is the way. This is the way. This is the this way. Is the way. You guys are a bunch of nerds. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> what gave it away? Yes, we're doing a podcast review of The Mandalorian. Of course we're nerds. What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't identify in that subcategory on this website. Not a nerd at all. Star Wars, shut up, nerd. Star Wars is now mainstream, right? Like, you can see guys at the gym who look like The Rock working out and arguing about, like, weird, the same shit that we argued about. Like, when we were in high school and other, those guys who look like that would be like, what are you talking about, nerd? And push you up against the locker. Those guys are now arguing about weird minor details. And it drives me crazy that we are not going to go immediately into discussing the spoiler weird minor details here because we don't want to spoil this for people who maybe haven't actually watched the Mandalorian season two, but I will say if you haven't watched the Mandalorian season one, you're just fucked. Okay. Cause you should, you should <laughs> watch that. There will be spoilers for stuff that already happened in that first season. Sorry. But then we'll talk for a little while and then we'll get to the spoiler stuff. We'll get to the arguing about things, but let me see who my fellow uh, gourmet level of dorks. I guess that works, right? Y'all are like dorks, but like high level dorks. You know, you're like the, yeah, we're bougie dorks. You're bougie dorks. Bougie dorks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I've got Nathan. Hey, I'm not a dork. <laughs> I got Jennifer. I am a dork. Yes. And right. I'm a big old dork. <sighs> well, it's just Jennifer and me is the cool people, I guess. Oh, no, wait. Sorry. <laughs> no, me and Nathan are the cool people. Let's beat them up, Nathan. Come on. Fuck yeah. Wow. Give you a swirl. See, the moment, you're, the moment your fandom becomes mainstream, you become a mean girl. Like, that's where we're at now. <laughs> Meet me in the parking lot at three o'clock. all right so yeah this is the mandalorian i don't know if everyone out there is familiar with the show i haven't seen like uh the entirety of the internet be talked taken taken over by discussions of it for the last two months or so i think that even with all the other shows that are have been intensely popular like game of thrones or breaking bad or whatever where all the culture seemed to stop and go this is what we're talking about the virtual water cooler about I don't think I've ever seen a show as much as The Mandalorian this season where, like, the day an episode comes out, 300 posts in a row are like, I take it back, this is the best episode. And, like, this, the last episode of the season, too, I loved how, 
everyone who watches it is almost like that nerd you were talking about, Chris. But I love that everyone in solidarity, like, you do not post any fucking spoilers at all. And everyone's like, yeah. savage about it. I've seen friendships ripped asunder by this (laughs) fandom. Like, there are so many moments in this season that are wham bam holy shit all it takes is a, like the slightest insinuation of what the thing is to a reference for people to go god damn it i saw people even with the ending where they're like going oh it's blankety blank but without saying who it is and everyone's like great well you pretty much spoiled it just by doing that so i'm just doing that too there's too many syllables chris <laughs> too many symbols in the the blankety blank plus they showed a picture uh, but you know <laughs> blankety blank is flirting with the line of spoiler territory dude i wish i you know it feels like this season they're finally like between this and the last season of the clone wars they're finally like look we're just bringing everybody back except for the one that chris wants mara jade fuck you chris You'll never get more, Jade. Suck on it. <laughs> and whatever the name of that one, the, the rabbit in outer space in the old Marvel comic books. I loved him. He was great. Anyway, sorry. I don't, we're getting way off topic already. The Mandalorian, created by John Favreau. <laughs> this will not be a two-hour review. We've been promised. Starring Pedro <laughs> right. Pascal as the character in the Mandalorian armor, much like Boba Fett, except much shinier. And he's a lone bounty hunter who was originally hired to retrieve, quote, the child, who you guys have all heard and referred to as Baby Yodu. Yoda. Yodu. I called him Baby Yodu. <laughs> yeah, his mama called him Baby Yoda. I'm going to call him Baby Yoda, despite what this season says. And ends up, ends up going, I can't, I can't, I mean, maybe it's just that weird clipped way Werner Herzog talked, but I can't hand over this adorable little thing to that guy who talks like that. So he's like, well, you know what? I'm kind of adopting this little baby thing. What do I do with it? Well, it has the force. So season two is kind of like, where do I bring this? Is there a drop off point as he slowly becomes more and more attached to the baby Yoda as you, as the audience did clearly and meets another variety of new characters some of which are completely new to the series like Timothy Oilephant comes in as a new character and some of which are from previous iterations of Star Wars uh, and not even necessarily the movies and we'll get to the specifics of that very shortly but yeah it's him going i gotta find a jedi i guess i don't know i'm a fucking mandalorian they don't give us like there's nothing in the instruction book about jedi and like weird little cute green things do with this it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, exactly i think it pooped i think it pooped i need an adult i need an adult here adult <laughs> so uh, first let's just say everybody dug this the shit out of the season like me right oh yeah yeah doug is a mild understatement but yes. like, yeah, Squeed would be yeah. a little more accurate. I mean, multiple times. Every episode, just like, I, just unabashedly just loving all that's going on. And it's not even like, it's not even the spoilery stuff that we'll we'll talk about later. That's just like, you know, this nostalgia stuff and, you know, harking back to other, let's say, stories within Star Wars. But it's really a lot more of the character development, honestly, between The Mandalorian and Baby Yoda. And, and and a few other characters, uh, you know, along for the ride. And it's just this this season was so much more well written, uh, and just got better and better every single episode. And that's what I was digging. Like I honestly have not seen any of the cartoons, Same. and now all I want to do is go back and watch them and see where these characters came from because right? they're characters that do show up in the show that are from other stories that are already so rich just like the little moments that they have in this season and now it's like 
good lord, how, how much am I missing out on? It seems like a lot. The way that I liken how great this show is, is by a comparative analysis. My partner, Rob, is an original Star Wars fan. He's got like a $20,000 Star Wars toy collection from back in the day. And he's been rage quitting the franchise since episode one came out and was just completely done with it. The newest trilogy, he wanted to burn the universe down and I had to grab him by the t-shirt and hold him back from the edge of murder facing everything. So he was completely and totally done with everything Star Wars by the time that The Mandalorian came out. And every episode of this show that's come out, he has fallen in love with this, with this, the whole thing all over again and started to not only not hate it, but have excitement for what's going to come next for the first time since he was a kid. This is the first thing since Empire that I think holds up to the first two movies completely. Like, I, I really yeah. liked The Last Jedi, but it's not like that type of Star Wars thing. It's like trying to take it in a right. new direction. And I was like, that's exciting. That's what this needs. This was a, let's do something new, but also that feels like classic Star Wars. And it and it nails it. It brings back all that excitement. And also when she talked about that $20,000 Star Wars collection, you guys, all I can say is afterwards we meet at the fountains by the Bellagio. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Good luck finding us with all of the weaponry. What this show really brings back to Star Wars is the cinematic language of the first, Yeah, I will say the original trilogy as a whole. I mean, those films are in their essence homages to Flash Gordon, to Westerns, to samurai films. And I feel like with the most recent Star Wars properties, we've really only seen references to Star Wars. I mean, outside yeah. of maybe Rogue One and Solo that definitely have that cinematic language to them, this is, I mean, it's just space, lone wolf, and cub, and I'm fucking here for it. Yeah, yes. with a lot of Leone as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, and a lot of Kurosawa. I mean, just the episode that uh, I guess first got people squeeing had direct lifts from Yojimbo, and I fucking love that. And, you know, it... This season, on the whole, even the episodes where people were like, uh, you know, I think it was just because this director was on here because I don't like previous things that he did. It sucked. I'm like, no, fuck you guys. This was some of the best Star Wars shit I've seen in a long time. Every episode had something that made me go, that was really fucking cool. And we're like, there was the episodes that are... All right, so the argument about fan service. I don't think people know what fan service is when it's discussed in a critical way. Fan service is like in Rogue One when the guy who was like the the who tried to kill Luke Skywalker in the cantina randomly shows up and has nothing to do with the plot and in fact, logistically couldn't have even been there given the timeline. Yeah. Fan service is not tying back into the larger mythology by taking elements of that and characters have appeared in there before and making them a part of the current story. That is not the same thing, which is what the Mandalorian chooses to do. Fan service at its weakest just is like, hey, don't you get that? Nudge, nudge, nudge. With this, every edition, I feel like, deepens your immersement in the world and the characters from the original trilogy. 
Yeah, there's a difference from of being an original fan of the subject material and pulling from different corners of that subject material and being a production company who doesn't love the material and is just going to pick things that they think are popular in order to dangle them in front of people's faces to sell a product. It's yeah. a huge difference, and this is the first of those, not the second of those in any way. Not that this doesn't make me want to buy more toys, that's for sure, because it does. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, okay. I Right, there's stuff in it, but like they, the easiest way of knowing that they didn't make it for that reason is the fact that when they made it, there weren't child toys everywhere on the market they had to go back and go later go oh people like this shit crank out the toy machine go 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 so this was an after the fact kind of a thing rather than a we are deliberately placing all of these hasbro products on the front of the screen so that you will buy them later this is not that this is just great storytelling by people that love the subject material in in a way that is organic to the original and you see that most often in the practical effects like this is a return to practical effects which have been just thrown out the window by almost everything these days. And the people that created this stuff back when it came out were so in love with practical effects. I mean, they were working with shoestring budgets in their garages, making dioramas of things that were this big and making them look epic. And there's a return to that. And the creativity that's inherent in making something that way is all over this piece. And I am so here for it. On what you said, Jen, this isn't just made by people who have love for the material and reverence for it, but they're people who aren't afraid to do interesting things with it. I mean, yes. a lot of people had issues with how nostalgic uh, Force Awakens was and how Rise of the Skywalker kind of played it safe. This doesn't do either of those. I mean, it's nostalgic in the sense that you get that same feel from an original Star Wars property, but... No, you watch it and you're just like, oh, fuck yeah, that's interesting. And it stands on its own feet with characters as well. Like, the first season doesn't have anybody you know or recognize. They might drop a name here and there, but the storytelling hall is done by new people with fresh perspectives and stories to tell. Uh, and some of those people do come back in the season, most notably, of course, Giancarlo Esposito as the big bad Moff Gideon, who makes a really interesting choice for Star Wars of maybe being the first villain ever who, when he needs to be evil, he doesn't feel the need to chew up every bit of scenery in the room. Instead, he plays it like Gus from Breaking Bad. He like, to the less he says, the more shit you're in. You know, yeah. And there's a great sequence towards the in the last episode, which isn't spoiling anything, where he's like, got this whole like, yes, I'm very calm because I know that even though you have me, I have the upper hand until he realizes when he does it. And just that look of, ah, fuck. He, he's the Tyrion <laughs> he's Lannister. He drinks and he knows things. Yeah. Like, he just knows things. Giancarlo Esposito, as of recently, has just been more hungry than most other actors as far as playing villainous roles. And I love that, I mean, I heard just behind the scenes that he broke that saber he was wielding like seven times in the final scene. So oh, you can wow. tell he's eating this shit up. And he honestly has what a lot of people give, lump a lot of praise onto Ben Mendelsohn for, where they're like, oh, I want this guy to play any villain in anything. I'm like, no, I want Giancarlo Esposito in every fucking franchise. I don't care. Make him play Victor Von Doom. 
I could be here for that. Oh, man. That's a good idea. Yeah. Everybody keeps casting way young with Doom, and I'm like, you know, maybe go a little bit older, a little more uh, regal. Just saying. I mean, you really can't do worse at this point. So, yeah, I'd like to see somebody good in a role for a change. That'd be nice. But but we're going to go and reach the transfer point of, oh, God, we're going to have to start discussing this in spoilers. Otherwise, this will be an hour-long podcast. So, at this point, you know that we all are, like, big two thumbs up great stuff we loved it we highly recommend it if you haven't started the mandalorian at all do it if you've heard some weirdo on your feed say oh, i hate the second season they're wrong watch the second season they're just wrong break <laughs> up with them as a friend call us we got you there's that occasional person who's like whatever i've seen people who are like this first half is terrible but the second half is great and vice versa and i'm fucking like, hate and read eh. Assholes. It's too much fan service. I don't think that means what you think it means. Get out. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so we are now going full spoiler. And I just want to say, first off, great episode with uh, Rosario Dawson playing a much beloved character from the Clone Wars, uh, Hazoka Tano. And people were, I know my friends who followed that show were like, you know, fanning themselves and getting the vapors. They're like, oh, she's exactly who I wanted. She's exactly who I wanted. That's funny. That's the only, per, uh, I guess, character that I heard from the internet. It's like, I don't know. She she wasn't really portraying her that well. That's like the only negative criticism I heard. And I thought she was incredible. Then, yeah. then again, I haven't seen The Clone Wars, so I didn't know any better. But it, she was amazing. And the fact that they're making a show just about her, yeah. I, I cannot wait to see that. Kind of a no-brainer. It's one of those things where people are going to bitch about it just for the sake of bitching about it. But yeah, secretly, right. they're all here for it on the internet because the like news about the character Ahsoka Tano has just gone through the roof more than anything else in the franchise. Like I covered it for Bell of Lost Souls for an article I write weekly. And the article I wrote about Ahsoka Tano cosplays got more views by like three quarters than any other article I've ever written. Because people are just going nuts for it. She's also not easy to cosplay. It's a lot of work to make that, to pull off that headpiece. But, uh, of course, the biggest news from this season was the whole, okay, they had already hinted a little bit early on in the season about Boba Fett, and maybe Boba Fett isn't really that dead, when in an early episode, in the first episode, I believe it was, yep. when uh, he basically, we encountered Boba Fett's discarded armor, which seems like saying... Maybe it's the nod. Maybe that's the nod we want. That's the whole right. nod that you're getting. His armor was spat back up because undigestible by the Sarlacc uh, from Return of the Jedi that he fell into. But no, we do, in fact, get to see the return of him a little bit later. It shows Tamora Morrison, but people were like, yeah, but he's a clone. So he could e- he could be Boba Fett. He could be Jango Fett. He could be like any number of like other of the clones but no he is in fact as it turns out boba fett and i remember talking about this going i could care less if they ever bring boba fett into this like it's actually almost don't want them to bring boba fett into this i know generations of fanboys now have been like boba fett's the best i'm like boba fett didn't do shit exactly don't say that don't say that too loud you'll get me in trouble He's like, oh, he's got a cool outfit. And they're like, well, here's the Mandalorian with a new character with the cool outfit, but doing actually neat stuff and having a story. But I'll tell you, man, like one episode into Boba Fett, I was like, I'm so glad they brought back Boba Fett. Right? (laughs) See, I like you, Chris. I have never given a shit about Boba Fett. Every time, like, I had that jerked off for me when I was younger, and it's just like, (laughs) hey, Boba Fett is the best. (laughs) I realized that sentence, phrasing. Uh, wasn't great. 
Uh, but, you know, people would be like, Boba Fett is so awesome. Boba Fett is so awesome. And being younger, I was given Attack of the Clones as my fucking Boba Fett intro. And I was like, well, his dad's pretty cool. And then, you know, I watch him in Empire in Return. I'm just like, I could give a fuck about this guy. But Robert Rodriguez's episode? Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. It's like the idea of... It's like the idea of everyone thinking that Boba Fett, the Boba Fett, was that cool, but really he's only in like what in a handful of scenes in the original trilogy, Maybe and like then he's six unceremoniously minutes. killed immediately. Yeah. Yeah. And this show is like, oh, he is actually badass. Let's finally show it. And the and it's the best thing that Robert Rodriguez has ever done. And it sets <laughs> up amazing. a mystery, which I like, which is, well, yeah. wait, he was working for the Empire. You know, he was clearly kind of a scumbag. What's this guy's story all of a sudden? Mm -hmm. Like somebody never gave a shit about. He's clearly not the same person he was then. You know, he's got a great buddy <laughs> coming <laughs> with him. You're like, oh, she's so awesome. I hope that even if they kill Boba Fett, she sticks around. And yeah. I want to know his story. I love how they introduce his style of fighting and how it differs. I mean, this show went all out with people considering how people would fight. Like there's a episode where the Mandalorian can't use his armor and he's trying to figure out how he can't. At first he starts losing fights because he's used to fighting with the benefit of his, you know, zap proof Invincible armor. armor. So he, you watch him learn and adapt and adjust to his situation as he goes. There's another one where he's got a Sarlacc or not Sarlacc, uh, the, the sand people stick, which you're always like, what is that for? It looks like a giant telephone. Hello. But you're like, Oh, that's why it looks like that. Like, <laughs> I thought that was, and really then Boba cool. Fett even uses it to kick Royal ass with it. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. The fight choreography in the show is delicious. Period. Full stop. So another question what do you guys think about genocidal baby Yoda? All right, y'all need to have a little bit of chill. Have some chill. Everybody is just looking to be offended about everything in life right now. I get it. I get it. You got to have something to do. You got to have a hobby. Go. Just just let it. Just let it, man. Right. Yeah, there's enough of that in that. <laughs> yeah, my take was, like, there was genuine outrage of him eating those eggs. Genuine outrage. I'm like, it's a fictional character in a scenario that is unrepeatable by people because <laughs> there's no such thing as those aliens so what exactly are you know, what exactly are you upset about it fit his character i mean how many uh, times have entire planets been literally exploded on screen in this franchise come on guys i really as someone who does not care for uh, the actress Gina Carano as a human being. I think she's a real trash person. I really yeah. hate the fact that she was actually a really awesome character this season as Cara Dune. She was cool <laughs> in the first season. They do a lot more with her in this season and she's kind of great. And I'm like, she's just such a horrible person. You can't keep her on the show. I don't know. That's me though, you know? <laughs> but man, the female power in this show in this season just through the roof. So There's many rock star solid amazing female characters who yeah. don't just stand there looking awesome but who do amazing shit like some of the best fight scenes were the women in this show yeah. holy hell there is a lot of badassery going on in the female gender for sure in this season and just across the board but you know getting to the final episode here oh. and you know the big surprise of course which was cg luke skywalker walking in the room 
okay. I mean, I, I read people going, wow, it looks so much better than before. I'm like, were you watching it on a little tiny like phone or something? Cause I think it looks worse than anything I've seen before. Like the Leia but that they did, I thought looked much better than this. I agree. Yeah. This, it didn't even seem like it was the, the him speaking was matching his lips every now and then it seemed like a, a badly rendered PlayStation 2 game. Like, can we just stop with all that? Can we? I've always been on the reverse <laughs> end of the spectrum when it comes to these like CGI deep fakes in the Star Wars universe. Like with Carrie Fisher, I thought it looked fake every time. But with Grand Moff Tarkin, I actually was like, oh, wow, they really brought him back to life. And with Mark Hamill, it's not like perfect, but I don't know. It's acceptable enough. And I was just so emotionally invested at that point that it didn't bother me. It's the one choice that they made that I don't agree. Well, there's two choices I don't agree with. It's the second choice that I don't agree with because it would have been a great opportunity to even less, like we, we made the comment about them not relying on previous star power to carry the thing. They could, this could have been the perfect opportunity. People knew it was going to happen when the scene started and things were falling into place. We knew that there was going to be a reveal. It would have been totally fine for me to have, Sebastian Stan, yeah, yeah, as Luke, yeah. show up right there and have it have it done, like because you, you knew it was going to happen. You've kind of cut off the possibility of that happening by doing this to me in the show. You've said, okay, well now Luke looks like Luke and he's not this other actor. If they'd brought him in and like have a character go Luke, then we would be very clear that's Luke Skywalker now. Like, okay, and he does kind of look like him, and he's already under contract with Disney. So just saying, they already own his ass. Why not use him? Yeah, exactly. I was like, I would have much preferred if they had just said, let's just do that. And then you're like, wow, we might actually get more Luke Skywalker on uh, Disney Plus, and I'm kind of, I'm kind of here for that i think that would be kind of cool to see that middle period on another show yet another (laughs) spinoff i I wonder if though the reasoning why they didn't introduce another actor as luke skywalker is because that is going to be the only nod to him in this like he had his his one moment possibly yeah he's gonna go off again he's not gonna be a character like surely if they were planning on bringing him back continually they would not have made that choice which you know begs the question as well the first two seasons are about the protection of baby yoda so baby yoda is not there anymore he's off with luke so like a lot of people were presuming this was all they were going to get of the Mandalorian, that that was the end of the of the, you know, miniseries or whatever, because also when they're announcing like three new, well, first two and then the end credits are like, oh, yeah. And also we're doing a Boba Fett show like, oh, well, I guess that's I guess that's it for the Mandalorian. But they did. They have sin, since announced. No, no, no. There is going to be a season three for sure. They're already. Are we are it. we doing like what we think will be happening in the next season? Like, are we going to talk about that at all? Because there are suggestions that are being thrown out in this household at least on where what do you think so we're thinking that the the next chapter is going to be about taking back mandalore and about who then will be the next and future king that would make Um, sense and initially before the end of the last episode um and things going the way they went um rob's initial assumption was that they were all going to want boba fett to be the new mandalore and that it was mm. going to be Bo-Katan versus Boba Fett for that position. But or, he's not interested. <laughs> right. He's apparently very yeah. much not interested, and neither is Mando. So we're going yeah. to see how that all shakes down. It, it's, it's, it feels like what's – yeah, I, I do agree with you, Jen, because like, it feels uh, that Mando is going to be this kind of reluctant leader that 
everyone is going to be looking up to because he does have the dark saber and Bo-Katan is going to be I guess the almost like a de facto villain in a way like going into season three I mean she's had a a, a history of being a good guy on the cartoons as well right it's an interesting moral quandary for sure she wanting it he not it having to be taken by force the most interesting thing about that episode was not the question of what happens next it was that being the culmination of this the of the Mandalorian character of Mando who has always been no we play stick to these rules we never break from these rules Bo-Katan earlier going yeah relax man okay like the helmet thing that's just kind of antiquated right and then he makes the decision that it is more important to him to have an honest moment before baby Yoda or Grogu or what the fuck ever leaves by taking off his helmet than it is to stick to those rules he goes he softens he goes there are more important things than the way and she's the one who's like well we're sticking to the antiquated rules about the sword right right <laughs> and that was really interesting to me that was the most fascinating journey of this whole two seasons for me was that moral journey of when faced with a you know confrontation of your belief system how do you handle that? How do you manage it? Some people would implode. Some people would stick to the strictures of what they believed in, regardless of any other information. But no, like he grows, he adapts, and he takes to very serious heart the words that Bo-Katan had to say for him earlier in the season. Yeah. And then changes over, like a very quick period of time, makes a very definitive, very hard line, veer away from what he's grown up with in favor of his new family that he's chosen. And that was just such a beautiful, elegant piece of storytelling. To yeah. Me. Somebody posted saying like, is it still true that uh, Mando is the least interesting character in his own show? I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? This what? character what? development is fucking phenomenal. And Pedro Pascal yeah. has only gotten better as the season goes. Yeah. Yeah. I agree completely. It really does feel like that. The, the storytelling by Dave Filoni and I guess Disney and Marvel's secret web, weapon this entire time was Jon Favreau. Yeah. He started out with Iron Man, kicked off everything, and now looking back at the, I guess, the second trilogy, the 7, 8, and 9, I'm like, shit, we shouldn't have gotten J.J. Abrams. We should have got fucking Jon Favreau to do this whole thing. So you mentioned, Nathan, the the final post credit scene. Uh, which of course is going back to Java's palace. You get to see who who's his assistant guy who gets zapped there. Bib Fortuna. Yeah, Bib Fortuna, uh, played by Matthew Wood, and uh, and Boba going, "Hey, uh, you know this uh, whole Java's castle thing? Well, it's mine now. We're and and the promise Boba Fett will return, you know, in his own show." Wow, okay, what's going to happen there? What is he going to do? I mean, he took over the. Th we already knew that he is not a Mandalorian. Boba Fett, technically, he has a, he has a claim on the armor for sure, but he's not technically a Mandalorian. I hate to be at the point where I just have full trust and faith in the creators of this show, but everything that they've done with Boba Fett this season has made him far more interesting than anything I've experienced Star Wars wise with Boba Fett. Oh yeah, yeah. I hope they go full blown Sopranos. With Boba Fett, yeah. like, that's the type of show it is. Like, he's just the mob boss now. Yes. And then it's just his relationship with all these other gangsters that come to Hutt's palace. And I, 
I yeah, I hope it's actually more of like a grounded show, like a, just more of a drama based kind of show. But then they'll whether you get to the third season and it's just Boba sitting around talking about what's on TV and eating gabagool, you know? <laughs> like it it's weird that since the handoff with Disney, the most interesting aspects of these Star Wars properties in general have been the wretched hive of scum and villainy. And I hope we just get more of that in the future as opposed to, you know, Jedi products because it's just like, eh, yeah, we've seen it before. Yeah. Yes, I'm please. all for hives. Yeah, they, it's it's fun because they, they even talk. Well, uh, Mando, he doesn't even really know of the Jedi. And I like that there are pockets or I mean, let's just uh, hopefully just the, the general public in the galaxy of Star Wars. They actually don't know that much about the Jedi or the force. They just only heard about it maybe or they literally just do not know about it at all and they have to be taught about it and that's a really cool part of the world building and who else is actually out there in the galaxy of star wars absolutely yeah Yeah, you're not kidding well we got to go to final thoughts and we also have to keep it short our final thoughts because we're already almost at 40 minutes so nathan what are your final thoughts I mean, this is a great season. Every episode's better than the last. Uh, John Favreau fucking killed it. Uh, Dave Filoni fucking killed it. His premiere with the Jedi. Holy shit. Uh, yeah, no, this was a great season. Highly recommended for anybody who loves Star Wars or anybody who just, like, abandoned Star Wars and was like, eh, that's not for me since, you know, Return. This is great. Nine out of ten fish person eggs. Nice. Jan? Yeah, I loved this. I loved every bit of it. My only complaint was that in this season, they, for some reason, started messing with the duration format. I feel like the first season's episodes were well over an hour, or at least flirting with the hour mark. We got one, like, 35-minute episode this year, and I felt that difference. Like, there were points in the story where I I had looked down, and I looked up, and it was over, and I was like, wait, no, that can't be the end of it. We just started the episode 15 minutes ago. What's going on here? Well, so it's, I, think it's, I thought the first season episodes were shorter overall. First season was definitely they, they had some 35-minute episodes. That's what I like yeah. about the show, because certain episodes can be as long as they need to be. I think it's a good problem to have, that I'm left wanting more, rather than they bored me ad nauseum and I wanted less. It's a good problem to have. I Man, I just really love this. I love the storytelling. The soundtrack was phenomenal. The, the look and feel of it is wonderful. It's a Star Wars property, but it could have been in any universe telling any story, and I would have loved it just as much. And I love how much it stands on its own two feet. This is what happens when you give the nerds the key to the kingdom. Get out of their way, let them tell the stories that need to be told, and people will come. I'm just saying, stop trying to backlead our franchises and make stupid choices. Let the adults make the, the choices. That's all I have to say on that. I'm going to give this 9.5 out of 10... Boba Fett and Bo-Katan fan fictions that I will be writing after this. <laughs> <laughs> a little sweaty under that armor, aren't you? Well, yes, just a little. Let me get that knot in your shoulder, Bubba. Seriously, call me fat. Whatever you say, princess. Uh, can we stop? <laughs> right? <laughs> What's your fan fiction? <laughs> Ooh. Uh, I, actually, my fan fiction would be, uh, yeah, Boba Fett dad bod, like, like a penny novel erotica, just like... <laughs> You know, him walking around in the studio and it's like, ooh, but look at that gut. Um, I love it. I, I'm a big fan of Star Wars, but like I said, I haven't seen the, the cartoons and I've only been told that they're great. And now this just makes me appreciate the universe of Star Wars even further than I've already had in the past. And 
I love the really the, the writing this season. I think is the the strongest thing out of everything we've been talking about. And yeah, I I just really can't wait to see what they do next. And the 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 fact that they had the uh, they did a a really cool thing to basically kick off the character that everyone just immediately loves with Baby Yoda. And it's like, no, we're we're continuing Mando's story. And we're going to make this even more interesting and just uh, take it in a different direction. That's what I love about this show is that it does actually keep me guessing on like every episode. And the stakes are high. And I'm just I'm really interested to see what happens next. So I'm going to give it nine out of or nine and a half uh, Boba Fett dad bods out of ten. <laughs> Guts. Yeah. Boba Fett uh, gut. I was very taken with the first season and I was even more taken with the second season. When you start your season a with Timothy Oliphant, who I have like a, like ever since I first saw him man crush on just like, dude, you're the best. People were like, is he playing that same character? Shut up. Let him play that character. (laughs) I love that. I love his cowboy. He could just do it forever. I'm totally good with that. I want to see more of him on the show, but when you start with the episode, not only with that, then with Boba Fett armor, and then they fight a fucking sandworm. You know, I know it's a crate monster or whatever, but it was a fucking sandworm. I was like, that's awesome. That was amazing. I was so for it. Like, damn. And then they follow up the next episode with another giant monster. I'm like, I like giant monsters. So, you know, I mean, everybody loved the Rancor. How come there's not more giant monsters in Star Wars? Well, now there's more giant monsters in Star Wars and we kill them for your entertainment. This was great. (laughs) Uh, Really loved it. I can't wait for the next season. I can't wait for the other seasons. God damn you fucking John Favreau for making me care again enough about this franchise to want to actually watch all the other shit that I intentionally missed because I didn't care anymore. Fuck you. Uh, I'm going to give this nine and a half out of 10 ways in which this is. You know, you just made me realize that almost every episode of the show has functioned like Red Dead Redemption in Star Wars universe where it's like, hey, if you want to get this done, you got to do a side quest to get an artifact. <laughs> it's true. It's yeah, that's true. true. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm for that. Yeah. Yeah. Where's the Easter eggs? Oh, wait. I think we got a lot of Easter eggs. Never mind. So many. We don't have enough time for that because this will not be a two hour podcast. They're in Grogu's mouth. 